Uh, we have a guest on Moving Radio today that's been here several times before with their fantastic filmmaking, and they're here once again. It's Beth Wishart McKenzie. We are talking about Lana Gets Her Talk. It is a short film that is going to screen as part of the Broadview International Film Festival at the Metro Cinema from November 11th to the 12th. It's part of the Wakotwin in Focus Indigenous Female Director Series that's going to be happening at November 12th at 2.30 p.m. on that Saturday. And Lana Gets to Talk will be part of a program of five short films that will screen. And a bonus for you people, if you have not seen the film, you get to see it. But also, you're going to get Beth as well as Lana Whiskey Jack is going to be there to talk about the film and probably about some other things as they do a little Q&A with the audience. Beth, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Christian. It's great to be back with you. <laughs> oh, it's always good to talk to you, uh, even if it's a film we talked about before, because I love that this thing has had a long life. So that's fantastic. Um, for anyone that's not heard about this or a previous conversation, even with Lana Gets Her Talk, let's let the audience know a little bit about what it focuses on and the work of Cree artist Lana Whiskey Jack. The film is a kind of a, a quiet documentary study of Lana Whiskey Jack and her work on a particular project. She, I met her when she was starting um, a mixed media sculpture piece called Lost My Talk and saw the potential in the piece for a larger story and in Lana as a participant in the documentary. And uh, she agreed to allow me and my cameraman and mentor really, um, Rick Gustafson to um, join her in her studio as she worked on this mixed media piece over a number of, it was a couple of years in the end. So we gathered with her quietly, just, just the three of us, and Lana would talk to us about this piece. And it is an image of her uncle, an artistic image of her uncle, and she uses the piece as a teaching piece. She intended to make it as a teaching piece to help people understand the impacts of Indian residential schools not only on survivors, but also on the children of survivors. And Lana is the child of a survivor. So part of the story is also an exploration of her own journey and her use of art. She calls it her deepest ceremony and her use of art to kind of work through her own healing process. Yeah, I think what is probably the most appealing for audiences about this film is the fact that there's a level of intimacy about it. I mean, very seldom do you get kind of almost a one-on-one -on -one conversation with an artist really kind of diving into their own feelings, their connections, their motivations uh, behind the work, right? Yes. For me, yes. one of the parts in, in watching it again uh, a couple of days ago where I was just revisiting it before we talked was the fact that she's... Uh, doing this this part of it kind of about catechism and that she talks about like well th this is the reason i'm going to hell because i believe in all the spirituality of that and i just found like there's that was a, a really great insightful layer for me of her own feelings but also you know finding that moment of levity for herself within this piece that clearly has such emotional connection to it for you what was kind of like the element of the film or the element of her piece that you felt like resonated with you the most as you kind of went through this with Lana? I guess in some ways, um, um, all of my work uh, with Indigenous themes or, or stories that are, uh, um, I, three of my films have focused on Indigenous themes. My first film, Unforgotten, um, was uh, about uh, an old cowboy who made Red River Carts 
for um, some of his Métis friends. And he was deeply connected with the Métis community in around the St. Paul area. And it's a kind of a Canadian heritage piece, that documentary. That was my first introduction to documentary filmmaking. And then my next film was called Gently Whispering the Circle Back. And that's actually where I met Lana. It was a, a piece that was commissioned by Blue Quills University out at St. Paul's. St. Paul, uh, Blue Quill's First Nations University out at St. Paul, and they asked me to explore or to document their work with healing circles that were addressing the trauma of residential schools. And in that, we interviewed both the survivors and the children of survivors. And that's when I met Lana, because she was one of the children of survivors that we interviewed for that film. And it's then that she showed me the sculpture that she was working on, and that um, kind of um, evolved into the next film, Lana Gets Her Talk. But I think what I would say for me, all of those films have been an expression of my journey into understanding my own heritage and what happened to the First Nations in this part of the world, of which my family was, um, um, because I do have Indigenous heritage, how, how those communities were impacted by the colonial process, how my family was involved in the colonial process, because I'm of mixed blood. So I'm not only not only were some of my family victims, but they were also the uh, oppressors in a sense, if you want to break it down that way. So my journey with Lana gets her talk and Jenny whispering the circle back in particular was a way for me to get closer to what had been lost um, by my family, the traditions and the way of seeing and the way of being that had been lost within my family or we had become so disconnected from. And Lana is so forthcoming and honest um, and speaks of her tradition so beautifully and with such deep respect that it's through her that I've been able to see the beauty in, in what was lost and the tragedy in what was lost. And I shouldn't say lost because I see these films as a way to resurrect the, that worldview, that way of being. And that Lana is very actively trying to resurrect and bring to life language and culture and spirituality that that had been um, so deeply impacted by the colonial process. And so in some senses, hearing her story has helped me become more intimately familiar with that whole worldview and way of being. So I think that's why the films have been very personal journeys for me as well. We're speaking today on Moving Radio with Beth Wishart McKenzie. The film we're discussing is Lana Gets Her Talk. It's part of the Broadview Film International Film Festival, which is going to be taking place at the Metro Cinema between November 11th and 12th. Now, if you want to see Lana Gets Her Talk and some other short films, uh, you can check that out on November 12th at 2.30 p.m. at the Metro Cinema, where you can get your tickets at the door. But also, our guest today, Beth, is going to be there also with uh, Lana Whiskey Jack to be part of a Q&A post-screening. Now, I, I really liked how well, Beth, you let the conversation roll, but you didn't necessarily just make this a talking head piece with a piece of art kind of centered in the middle. I think you found a way to kind of find some intimacy to it, but also give that piece of artwork that clearly means so much a lot of energy. And that's not easy to do necessarily when you're just filming it, as opposed to when you go to a gallery and see it in person. So what was some of the, the, the kind of thought behind how you were going to shoot this and make this come off so that it could give that kind of respect and the energy and the feel that you got from it being in the room uh, with Lana and the artwork 
and then make that transcend and jump off the screen for people? The piece um, is actually quite small. <laughs> we see the, the face resting in Lana's hand. Uh, it's quite small, but it becomes epic. Uh, on camera when you go up close with the camera and and Rick Gustafson did some beautiful studies of of the piece but also watching Lana work with the piece you sense the energy going into it the gentleness of the strokes of the brush she makes a tobacco offering to her uncle in the artwork she embeds tobacco into it because she honored She's seeking to honor the traditions that died with him that he tried to speak and couldn't or didn't feel worthy of, of communicating. And she even speaks of it in the film that there's a lot of spirit in, in the artwork. And I think one of the reasons that Lana and I connected in some ways intimately in that setting and were able to, I guess she was able to trust me with her story and her voice was part in part because of respect. And so I always seek to respect my um, whoever is participating in a doc documentary with me being gentle with them and taking care with their story not to harm them by their own words but also um, that I have uh, for me as a sense of a deeper level of reality and uh, unable to see that in Lana's work and in her person and try to communicate that with the film. And fortunately, working with Rick, I've been so very fortunate to work with Rick Gustafson. We're on the same page and, and he will, you know, I maybe sometimes prompt him to look for something or direct him to kind of pick up on something or go close on something, in particular the writing. When Lana is writing syllabics over the English words of, of an English text, that she saw reflective of, of the colonial process and worldview, you know, to have Rick study those words uh, and feel the energy in those words. And even as Lana is sounding them out because she's relearning them, she's having to learn her own mother tongue and hear her say, muk," you know, sounding out the syllables. And she says to be determined, to be determined. And, and I realized that, in the process of making the film, I had to show determination to see it through completion. Um, that's a challenge for all of us with a piece like this, that it it calls for, uh, it's a piece to bring together the broken community that we are. Uh, I see myself as a bridge builder, being of mixed blood, as trying to navigate that space between our Indigenous community and the non-Indigenous community and create pieces that generate conversation invest a lot of energy and spirit in the piece in order to make it a tool for reconciliation. Yeah. And, and you kind of referred to this either earlier as well is that, you know, Lana, she's going through describing the work and her own feeling to it, her spiritual connection to it is that she looks at it as being a form of healing. So maybe how do you find that maybe this film or all the work that you do is there an element of healing for yourself in some ways or some sort of, not that it means that, you know, you have to resolve something torn up for yourself, but that maybe there's something to learn from it and something that you grow from too. How do you, how do you find that happens for you in your films? I think what has uh, happened for me with filmmaking, because I came to it very late in life, very in, engaged in academic studies for many years and raising a family 
is that filmmaking has allowed me to tap into a, a, I guess the creative dimension of my of my of my makeup or my 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 way my my being. And I love working with the footage and weaving together a story, finding the gems in someone else's story, trying to consolidate it into something that I can present to a community. Definitely, I have worked through many things through my filmmaking. Gently Wisdom the Circle Back before Lana gets her talk is a film focused on how you move through trauma and uh, and how you move through pain. And so it's a wonderful film for giving us the tools for doing that. And I was, you know, working through a lot of grief at that time. And so it helped, that film helped me see a pathway for doing that and recognizing in it that everyone finds their own way to healing. And that for me, filmmaking is a creative way to do something positive when you have bad energy or you can plunge yourself into the film when other things may not be ideal in your life and uh, not a way of forgetting, but of transforming your energy into something positive rather than negative. So I've just been so fortunate to work with people who brought teachings to me through the work uh, that uh, I could hear even as I worked on the projects. Yeah. What does it mean for you, Beth, to be part of, I guess this is the initial first year of what will be called the Broadview International Film Festival, which focuses specifically on uh, female filmmakers or or filmmakers that identify as being female. But also on top of that, you're part of, you know, a group of shorts, the Wakatuan In Focus Indigenous Female Directors uh, section of the of the festival. What does that mean for you to kind of be living within those two realms and be recognized by that festival in those two ways uh, for you as a filmmaker and an artist. Very happy to be involved with the Broadview International Film Festival. It's the brainchild of a dear friend and fellow filmmaker, Geraldine Carr. In the conversations we've had over the years, she's talked about this vision. I know she participated with Metro Cinema in creating a number of programs focused on the female gaze around um, a women, International Women's Day, but she's had the idea of having a, you know, a, a, a festival uh, set aside for that type of programming. And I think what's lovely is in the program that she's put together, she has brought forward new voices, but also voices from the past, such um, wonderful filmmakers as, as Anne Wheeler, who, you know, as an Albertan, we stand on her shoulders. And to be able to give a platform for these voices, both past and present, that maybe have never had enough screen time or the screen time that they deserved in our communities. And so, um, and I'm very, I mean, I feel very honored to be involved in a program that also, you know, is showing the work of, of, of remarkable Canadian um, Indigenous filmmakers. In, in particular, Alanis Obama, I can never quite say her name, Obamsawin. And I know that Alanis Obamsawin has created so many important documentaries that have that raised have raised the profile of indigenous, uh, the indigenous of indigenous stories, but also the creativity of indigenous filmmakers. And there are other newer works that are in the collection, a beautiful collection of films. Uh, in fact, one of them I recommended to Geraldine because I had seen it at at the Yorkton Film Festival because another film of mine was nominated um, for the Yorkton Film Festival. So I made my way there and I saw this amazing film called Nadjulak Night. 
And uh, when I knew that Geraldine was putting together an Indigenous program within the larger program, I said she may want to take a look at that film. Uh, and so, so I'm very excited to see Lana gets her talk included in this larger program. And uh, when I looked at the program, I see there's a there's an arc in terms of looking at some of the, the trauma that our Indigenous communities have faced, but that we move toward the strength in the community and that it doesn't leave us in a dark place. Even though the, the last film in the series is black and white, it's just delightful. And so uh, just quite fascinating to see these Indigenous cultures resurging and and showing themselves for what they are and embracing, embracing their way of being without having to hide it under a rock. And so I'm very happy to be part of that program, in part because I feel Lana's story is so important to be heard. And still, even though talk of residential schools, maybe some people may be getting tired of it, it's still before us, very profoundly before us. And Lana has a gentle way of bringing it forward so that we can em embrace the question without beating ourselves on the back. And then, but that also being involved allows me again to honor my Indigenous heritage and be part of that movement to bring those voices forward. Uh, and I and I feel in some senses honoring the spirit of my great, my, my, my grandmothers, the grandmothers uh, of this land that uh, whose blood courses in me. And so so that's, I guess, why I feel especially fortunate to be part of this festival and to be part of this program. Our guest today on Moving Radio, Beth Wishart-McKenzie. The film we're talking about is Lana Gets Her Talk. It's part of the Broadview International Film Festival at the Metro Cinema from November 11th to 12th. And more specifically, you can see Lana Gets Her Talk as part of a program that's happening on Saturday, November 12th at 2.30 p.m. at the Metro Cinema called Wakatwin in Focus Indigenous Female Directors. Uh, Beth will be there. Also, Alana Whiskey Jack will be there too. There'll be a little Q&A. So I think it'll be a great opportunity to not only see the film, but uh, talk to some artists involved too. Beth, again, always a pleasure having you on the show. I can't wait for the next time. There better be a next time, right? <laughs> Yes, sir. There could be. Depends on your interest. I always. Oh, I would never say no. Are you kidding me? If I don't find you, you got to find me. Okay. Because okay, I, will, I will talk okay. to you as soon as I can. Well, thank you, Christian. I'm so happy to, to you know, give a shout out to Broadview and to raise a profile of that little festival. It's an inaugural year. And we hope that the festival I know is not just for women. Yeah. It's it's for anyone who's uh, interested in film, men, women, or however you identify. And uh, it's just seeking to elevate the voice of women behind the camera. But some of the stories they're telling is, are about men. And so we, it's a wide open festival. And I hope that we'll have a broad, a broad audience for Broadview Film Fest. Ah, I like that. All right. You'll have to tell Geraldine you said that. <laughs> you take care, Christian. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you, Beth.